uh i swear what's up guys this is episode nine of the say you swear podcast and on this episode i interviewed philip post of dirtbag um i drove to connecticut and met with him for a few hours and we just like chatted in his room and this is about an hour of that conversation that came out um recently phil went through a pretty intensive surgery due to his Crohn's and so he's just in a state of you know recovery and reflection right now you can hear in like his very soft-spoken nature um just that that <laughs> is where he's where he's at and um I think this interview was very inspiring in the sense it it offers a lot of reflection and shows like kind of um how an artist that's going through pain can turn that into into a positive and that certain things that defined him previously aren't going to be the only things that define him in the future. Um, so yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this interview. It's about an hour long. Um, feel free to reach out to me either on the email on the podcast information or on my social media on, you know, what you think about the interview or if you have input on who I should interview in the future um, and feel free to review the podcast. Uh, yeah. So hope you guys enjoy. Take it easy. Growing up, my house was like completely like black and white. And then we have like one leopard sofa to like highlight the whole spot. And then, um, yeah, just like the way that my parents dressed too, was like very chic and like very mm -hmm. like dapper and also just like very uniformed. And then they dressed me up, like, amazingly as well. So I believe, like, I'd make clothing that I wore as a kid, but, like, an adult form. Mm -hmm. And, like, using all, like, everything that I've, like, learned about luxury and, like, putting that into the clothes. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, my dad has, like, a uniform that he wears, basically, just, like, white painter pants and, like, a black shirt, always. So yeah, I don't know, just privileged and like grateful for the parents that I grew up with that are both like artistic and like able to express themselves and like made me feel comfortable expressing myself and yeah. like having support and like diving into the arts and then like them letting me go to the city when I was like 16 by myself and stuff like that. All yeah. like super important. Mm -hmm. um, it's like formulaic times, you know? 100%. And something that's such an interesting point cuz I mean when we were when we were texting the other day we talked about like how parents are like really the only ones that will really stick by you through thick and thin and it's so mm -hmm. true but I didn't think about the part about like literally as a child like the environment that they create 100%. being so influential I would I cuz for me mine is different mm -hmm. so I wouldn't have thought it thought about it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like uh, just supposed to be an artist, I guess, <laughs> with just having the Crohn's stuff. No but, choice. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really. And I'm, like, grateful that, like, I put in so much hours dedicated to, like, my craft where I'm able to make stuff, like, pretty quick. Mm -hmm. And, like, people recognize that it's not about, like, how long it takes now. It's more about, like, um, how long you've been doing it and how quick you can, like, turn stuff over. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like the society we're living in right now. Mm -hmm. But it's also interesting how like fashion's the new music in a sense. Like before clothes, it was like how many CDs did you have, and now it's about like what designers are you wearing mm -hmm. to like showcase like your style or your taste. Mm -hmm. But like before, it was like what kind of music taste do you have, and that kind of like dictated what you were. And now clothing's kind of that, and like how like. I feel like musicians want to be <clears throat> designers, per se, now. So I grew like, I don't know, I feel like I grew up in a really lucky time to be, like, into clothes. And, like, wanted to design clothes and, like, do it at the level that I want to do it at, but everything's, like, independent. Mm -hmm. And, like, me, like, figuring out and, like, not trying to cut corners and, like, be true to myself. Mm -hmm. um, you also started with a, like, with a base like you made it with a connecticut feel which was cool and also mm. for me personally like be, like being in high school and like starting to wear dirt bag like we didn't know shit about connecticut like you know so yeah. the connector get cut or the narwhalk or any of that stuff mm. was like 
we just thought it was clever so we like you know that's what's up wore it. yeah that's super cool yeah i mean that's cool to hear just from like because i'm so in it so like i never hear the output i guess mm -hmm. or like what people like felt or like why they wore it uh so that's really cool to hear but also just like yeah no one i mean like it's cool being able to put like connecticut on the map per se or like have people recognize like like associate connecticut with dirtbag <laughs> yeah um so that's like that's super cool yeah because we i think i think we all thought it was from la just because our future and then we're all wearing it For um sure. but then it wasn't and then the store opened and it's just like a layer it's like yeah. layer upon layer like once you like yeah figure like find out about the brand and like realize it's not like in a layer by a team and you just like mm -hmm. keep mm -hmm. peeling back like oh he has his own shop oh like he did this runway oh like he's been doing yeah it that's the long. most fun you're oh, like oh like he Kanye printed work. in his in his shop or or um that you printed in your garage mm -hmm. i remember watching that in high school and crazy like being inspired i mean my friend gabe like mm got a one color press and put it in a garage and slacked yeah, out the yeah, windows yeah. and yeah. yeah it's cool it's cool that you were that uh young and for sure uh confident in yourself to do it yeah man like i feel like i had to like i don't know something in me just like i gravitated toward like towards like more clothes and like how to wear stuff and uh, I guess fashion, but not fashion. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, more instead of like skating, I guess. But like doing like all the stuff I was doing when I was like skating, like all the videos and stuff, kind of like prepared me for this brand. Mm -hmm. But it's just interesting that like I kind of went this way instead of like doing other stuff. I think I just wanted to be more productive and like try to make money. And also try to like, just yeah, just express myself. Yeah. I think I just really needed like expression. Mm -hmm. But I also think that's why like we were talking about me like being kind of like in remission for a couple of years. I feel like so hyper focused on the brand that I was like able not to think about anything else, mm -hmm. like in terms of like my sickness or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm. I found. I mean, personally, when I was in, for me, it didn't come out, uh, it didn't come out fruitfully mm. necessarily. Uh, but when I was in the hospital, mm, the third time I was hospitalized, I was there for like two months. Mm -hmm. And the whole time I was there, I was just thinking of ideas. Cause like, it's, it's, it's so like, much, it's so do. much time by yourself, like, yeah. and just, you know, I know. Like being in your head. I know. Right, I right. Know. And then and then I got out and I was like, I'm dumping everything into this. I just didn't know how to do it, but that's cool. You already had a basis of like... Um, uh, I guess so, but I was also... I mean, I guess like this past year being hospitalized as much as I have been, like I really wanted a reset and I remember telling a bunch of people that and just like I got what I wanted in like every aspect in terms of like starting over with the brand, I feel like, starting over just like money-wise, starting over with my health, starting over with like relationships, mm -hmm. uh, cutting my hair, like starting over with that, just mm -hmm. like releasing, like letting go of the past and kind of like, mm -hmm. I feel like this is like gonna be the start of a new chapter. Like everything happens in like five years for me, I feel like, or like less, like 20, 2007 and 2012 was like a whole chapter and then like, opening up the store to doing my first runway was a chapter and now it's like the next bit of like experimenting and figuring out and that's kind of what this chapter is about mm -hmm. but like now i'm like i've had time to reflect and see what like really matters and also like i've had two life-threatening things like come in my face and like <laughs> i keep saying like but uh <laughs> yeah you know just um I had a lot of time to think and a lot of ideas coming to me and a lot of things I want to see into like fruition mm -hmm. um, during that time. Mm -hmm. And it was like really frustrating that I wasn't able to make stuff, but it was also time for me to like sit back, reflect on what I have done and see like the impact that I've had on people and see um, 
see and talk to people, you know, like, like real honestly, like yeah. honesty. Mm-hmm. Honestly, honesty, both important things, but um, just having like real honest conversations with people, just like, because I could have passed and I just want to speak the truth and be honest and um, make real honest clothes and kind of have that, um, you know, a lot of people make a lot of bullshit and just like don't have any like depth to what they make and it's cool that I feel like my clothes they have depth um, like there's something more to them and you can just tell by looking at them mm-hmm. uh, and that's kind of the goal I guess mm-hmm. like having substance with what you make yeah and there's nothing wrong with um, when you have experiences like you had like mm, getting structure before you revamp mm. I remember, like, when I came out of the hospital, I had um, court-mandated therapy for a year. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I want to go back to school. I want to buy a car. Like, I want to move out. I want to do all these things. Mm -hmm. And my therapist was like, why don't you take one college class Mm. and live at home and see if you can do it? And, like, honestly, doing shit like that Mm. was so good for me because then when I was truly ready I feel like I've been very fruitful and like yeah it's my perfection bro mm. there's like no rush on anything it feels rushed though sometimes like yeah but then you know you when you're alone 100% but um yeah I think the whole lesson and what I'm going through right now is just like patience all right let me let me take it back let me take it back when did you start uh getting into skateboarding uh 2007 i think was like the first time i went to the skate park i was probably like 11 or 12 and then uh i don't know i was just like more interested in like filming skateboarding or like taking photos Mm -hmm. um just so i could do like something else that was like artistic with it were you already video editing at the time i think i started in 2007 i got like a um a little like a uh, 3CCD like handheld camera like a Panasonic mm-hmm. uh, I think that Christmas and then like a wide angle lens too so I could like start mm. filming um, so probably like the winter of that mm-hmm. started doing like little edits and then um, I had some money saved up and bought a VX2100 or VX1000 I forget was the first one not sure yeah, I'm not sure. But then I started filming skateboarding with that and like making edits with that. So you already had friends that skated and you would just kind of like mm-hmm. be around. Yeah, that was like the last era of the skate park I feel like I got. Because it was still like pre Instagram, YouTube just kind of started. Um, I was on Facebook. It was like when Facebook was like cool. And uh, yeah, we had like a little Norwalk crew going. It's pretty sick because mm-hmm. then i was like making i was making t-shirts and then like just giving them out to the homies and stuff were they dirtbag then mm-hmm. yeah dirtbag shirts um yeah started in like 2007 just getting them out to the homies and i was like all inspired by um like uh the bbc the ice cream stuff uh there was a brand from narwhal called culture that had its own shop and I was like super inspired by them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this dude, Mike McLaughlin, had a brand called Jiru at the time. And he was my sister's friend. And he was like silk screening t shirts. So that was like another influence mm-hmm. of just like a kid um, doing it. You know, culture was like printing their own shirts and stuff too, and like dyeing their own shirts. But. Um, yeah, I think my fa- like fascination was with like BBC and ice cream and like Bape and like these really expensive shirts, like eighty dollar t shirts. Yeah, like, why are they eighty dollars? And then you just want them because you couldn't get it, and it was like no no other brand really was making like that kind of stuff at the time. So that like really piqued my interest, and I was like, wow, this is sick. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be like that eventually, and it was also a time of like Kanye coming out. Um. And like the way he dressed and stuff like mm. i was like wearing double polos and like uh lug shoes and like echo polos when i was like in private school during middle school mm-hmm. so like the influence was there mm-hmm. 
2007 or this is like prior uh, leading up dressing to like kanye was like 2006 2005 yeah my start of kanye was like i think was 2008 graduation that mm. was the first album i had that was yeah. definitely super different i had a lacrosse like coach that was in high school and he loved kanye and this is like 2004 2005 Hmm. I remember he had like the bear logo on a polo. Oh, cool! Like he went and like saw Kanye. Wow! Like, like back in the like day. T- the tour merch, bro, like crazy. Mm-hmm. So that's like that's how I discovered Kanye from my lacrosse coach, <laughs> who was probably like a junior or senior in high school at the time. How'd you uh, how'd you come up with the name Dirtbag? I uh, was in the hospital with Crohn's. And I was like, oh, wow, God is such a dirtbag for giving me Crohn's disease. <laughs> and then I changed the I do an E. And then I kind of just ran with it. Like and a tag I, almost? I didn't even think of it as a tag. I think it was just like a cool name that I could start making stuff under. Mm-hmm. Just like, I want to have clothes with the name dirtbag on them. Mm. And then, um, yeah, like I took over the family computer and kind of just started like making graphics on like bootleg, like Photoshop mm-hmm. programs. And mm-hmm. uh, I was given a laptop in private school and that had like a bunch of like not like fake programs. Like I forget. Because <sighs> it's not Adobe. It wasn't Adobe. It was like Flash. Oh, like, I don't um, even know, yeah. But I was making like like um, shapes, like making faces out of shapes, and like using different colors, so it kind of had that like ape feel. Yeah, yeah. it was like robot faces, kind of. Mm-hmm. So that's what started it. And that was just like an iron-on. Like I made an iron-on first. That was probably my first like shirt in two thousand six before Dirtbag, and I gave it to, like one to my friend, and I made the other one. And then some kid asked me if I could, like, uh, if he could buy a dirtbag shirt, probably, like, in seventh grade. Hmm. So, like, I would make just, like, custom shirts and, like, print all over the shirt or whatever, do different inks. Yeah. I really just, like, take my time with those. So, like, probably, like, five kids had dirtbag shirts in middle school of just, like, random graphics and stuff mm-hmm. that I was printing. And then I feel like I made my first, like, official graphic in, like, 2008 with like the Michael Jordan graphic. And then ninth grade, I just made a couple like miscellaneous stuff. And then 10th grade is kind of like my first collection. Maybe it was like ninth going into 10th. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then, and then I kind of got hooked. I just like fell in love with the whole process mm-hmm. and kept trying to make collections and I kind of kept trying to outdo myself each year. Yeah. And then I opened up the shop in 2013, right when I graduated high school. And then uh, I went to Japan in 2014 with the good company for that pop-up shop with the Nano. 2015 did like a art thing with BRNA Melgard and then I was selling stuff to Dover Street. And then 2016 Kanye wore my Academy hoodie along with Barney is like carrying the brand pre the Kanye stuff. And then 2017, became art director over at Yeezy for like six months. And then I worked on the first runway show after I got fired. And then 2018 was the runway show. And then me just figuring out like what was next, like uh, hiring like an assistant, like hiring a team and then firing the team like all in a year. and then kind of uh, just like experimenting and opening up the New York shop in like 2019. It's a crazy kind of track record. And then opened up the shop in 2020, COVID had had to close. And then just pivoting. How did, how did you, how did you go from, let's say like you said, like 2009 is like first, wait, 2009 was first real co- collection. End of 2009, probably. How do you go from like there to like store opening? Like, because store opening is is hard, like to get an actual um, brick and mortar location. Like, what were those years like? Like in high school, I was just having fun. I was just it was just very pure. I was like taking trips and like meeting people and like having the right people wear my stuff, and the momentum kept going. And then I kind of uh, 
worked with the momentum, I guess. Everything just like happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. Like when I you was, say when you say like having the right people wear your stuff, how does that shit happen? Is it like you're sending boxes to people in their team or something? No, it was like me supporting people that I believed in and like wanted to have wear my stuff. Hmm. It was just like kind of like a mutual respect thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, you use that Earl song in Dirty Days. Was that how your and Tyler's friendship started? making skate videos and having him um like having him be the music for the video is kind of how it started how did he find I mean, that him? is how it started i added him on like facebook the day that like, bastard dropped hmm. or like hmm. uh, yeah and then i started making skate edits and tagging him in them and then he was like this is cool and then he saw that i was making clothes and like um, yeah, all that stuff, and then we got to talking and just like became friends. And yeah, when he came out to New York for the first time, I like, um, or maybe the first concert, first or second concert, we just like linked up with him and gave him like a bag full of clothes. Hmm. Was and, he there alone? Or no, this is with OF. So like Haji got a piece, he like got a hoodie, like Left Brain got a hat, and then Tyler got a hoodie, I think, and then or in the camp shirt. And that's kind of like, and that's, they like wore, he wore that shirt on stage, left brain wore that, wore that hat, and then Haji wore the hoodie. And that's kind of like how everything started for me. Because mm-hmm. like every time they came to New York, I would come and like have clothes in my backpack. It's smart. I, it just felt natural to me. It was like, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, going to South by Southwest, I just had like all the right people, just like meeting people for the first time and being like, hey, like, do you want this? I just had like a box of shirts with me. Yeah. And my homies like trunk yeah. and like What was that Terry Richardson freestyle like? Uh traveling there with a full van, me and Mikey had to go in the trunk. Mm-hmm. And then we kinda just pulled up and they just started shooting and stuff. It was really surreal for me because I was like It looked fucking surreal. You're yeah. in the back, you look so happy. I would have been so happy. Yeah, it was so That was so, like a good era for them. Like that was the time. Yeah. And yeah, I, yeah I like cherish those moments a lot. hmm And it's just so weird to me that I like I actually was part of that. Yeah. Like it doesn't that like I never got to like really reflect and like appreciate those moments but like no like they're clearly happy that you're there you know like yeah that's what i'm saying it's just like all love this is the easiest thing and it's like first time i ever went to la i stayed with tebe and like we've had like a real strong relationship and definitely like someone that i can relate to on like artistic level and like talk about stuff freely Mm -hmm. and like you'll get it Mm mm-hmm but yeah, man, I don't know. It's all love with, like, all those people. Like, even, like, Matt Marsh and, like, he called me the other day and, like, he's living in Atlanta and he's just, like, chilling. Like, he's a great person to talk to. Like, got my mind right after I talked to him and just, um, hmm. yeah, like, when I was doing the whole Yeezy stuff in Calabasas, I would drive all the way to Mid-City and, like, hang out with uh, Sid and them. Mm-hmm. Um, Sid seems very nice. Yeah, I would just hang out at their parents' house after work because I had nothing else to do and I knew it would be like a creative environment and I could like work on whatever stuff I needed to do. Right. And not be like bored in Calabasas, like in that office and stuff. But uh, yeah, and then it like led to me being friends with Steve. Steve always wearing the dirtbag stuff and like buying it. And um, if I have new stuff and I think you would like it, I would send it to him. Yeah, that's that's cool that you but do also, that. But also like. He was another person I would go hang out with after Calabasas. Like, I saw him on the highway randomly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just, like, the universe <laughs> being, like, you should hit up Steve. Um, so, yeah, I was, like, over his crib when he first moved in type stuff. And him playing me the record that came out before it came out. and Yeah, just, like, real, I don't know, beautiful relationships with, like, mutual respect for one another. Yeah. Even with like Rob Banks like having like flying him out for the first like East Coast show uh when I was eighteen. You've had that relationship for like a long time. I know. Yeah, I mean I was just supporting him from the jump just because I really like liked his music and like was putting people onto it because I felt like he was a really good artist. And it's just cool that I was able to like 
it was just mutual respect again. Like I was able to send him clothes and he was down to wear them and like rap about them <laughs> for whatever reason, you know? Right, right. Like, yeah, I'm never like being thirsty about it or anything. I'm always just like super genuine and like just have mutual respect for the artist that I want to send stuff to. Yeah. I think there's a very natural relationship to that when it's like, if with you guys like each other and you're just like, Hey, you're welcome to wear this shirt. If you like, I've made this for you. Everything. Like, like even yeah. with the Kanye stuff, like I would like give them like, like a piece of clothing here and there when I would come from Connecticut. Like I gave him a pe- like a pair of socks that I dyed like probably a couple of days before and he wore those. So it's just like the real genuine, like pure intense stuff, like mm-hmm. kind of goes a long way. I feel like, I mean, that's what, how, that's what life should be about, just having, like, pure intentions for everything. I mean, that's what I try to do most. Like, just have real genuine intent for everything I do. Mm-hmm. And that goes into, like, the energy work and stuff. And, like, something I learned with the energy work is, like, having the right intent when you go into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, at what point did Dirtbag become the Divine Energy Radiates? Like, that mm-hmm. acronym. I'm trying to think. Um, Cause I thought that I guess for me personally elevated uh, your brand. brand for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I think 2019 mm-hmm. was when I got when I got produced. Yeah, it had to be 2019. Yeah, 2019, two years ago. Yeah, because I remember seeing it when we would uh, then print it, and I thought that that was uh, the dichotomy between the what people probably theorize the name as and mm-hmm. what it means was um very intuitive that's good yeah it's sick and some people don't even realize that it means dirtbag like it spells it out mm-hmm. they just like mm-hmm. the words together yeah yeah like, i wore it and my girlfriend's mom was like oh that's a beautiful shirt <laughs> which is sick. right yeah that's always been like my thing with the brand because it's such like a name you don't expect to have like me behind it i guess um so like the more stuff i can do that's kind of unexpected or like is pretty or beautiful or whatever stuff you don't associate the name with is like always been my artistic integrity i guess with it mm-hmm. trying to just do stuff that's not expected mm-hmm. yeah. um do you ever find that you want separation like between you and dirtbag um maybe when i was like a bit younger the more that I'm like growing into myself and seeing how much of a role it played, I guess not, but I'm, I mean, I hope people see me more than just dirtbag, you know, but um, no, I'm like really proud of what the, what the name has become. I don't want to say brand or company because I feel like it's much more than that at this point, but just like, the name itself, you like, asso- you associate it with like so many great things at this point. I feel like, like, I feel like the name is associated with Connecticut in terms mm-hmm. of like people that you know, like the cool, cool people, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you also associate it with, associate it with like certain artists that are at like a certain caliber, and that's cool. But then you also have like the low of it. Like the highs and the low. Like I've seen some random like homeless dude wear a shirt in New York, and I'm like, how did you get that? Like that's way cooler than anything else. Hmm. Like seeing those mysteries. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I paint and then I make music. I just have different modes, and it's like, I I want people to know that I do more than like um, design, and like I'm good at other stuff. Like I have the same level of. Um, same level of quality, same level of taste, same level of whatever. Mm-hmm. Like when I make a painting, I want it to be like in a really big house or I want it to be like museum level status. Hmm. And then when I make music, I just want it to feel good and like ha- like sound good. And like, I think that's the most important stuff. And then with the clothing, I just want you to feel good and like have something that not a lot of other people are like have and if you have it you're kind of special in a way yeah because it's going through my hands i designed it and then i'm also like making i'm not printing on blanks you can't buy my blank you can't print on my blank 
it's been 10 years of like research and like really diving into stuff for me to get to this point. No one can take that away from me. No one can take the accomplishments away from me. No one can take what I've learned away from me. Mm-hmm. And I've learned a lot in the past 10 years, not only with business, but also with design. And then also working with like the top tier people mm-hmm. and being in like top tier shops and like having this realization of what my brand should be what people are doing is not what I want to do. There's a lot of corniness out there. There's a lot of bad clothes out there and I don't want to be part of that. Mm. And I don't think I'm part of that. I think people like hold what I do in a really high manner. And if they don't, they haven't been around the clothes and they should be, they should like understand that I'm all about quality and also like I'm talented with the designs and I'm also like, thinking about so much other stuff that if you're like down to watch the journey and believe in me as much as I believe in myself you'd be amazed mm-hmm. you know like, mm-hmm. I don't know if people know that I had two life-threatening things but you just saw the t-shirts that you printed I guess this morning and I hope that you're impressed because I'm impressed <laughs> no they're beautiful you know I, I had to throw one on like as soon as I seen it so yeah that's fun too that I see that you made it you still you made the actual pattern for the shirt like everything is new and everything is yours but still when you saw it you're like oh fuck yeah yeah you threw it on like that's cool too that that's nice i'm a fan of myself yeah like i make music like i make the music i want to hear i make the clothes i want to wear and i make the paintings i want to see like having that painting behind you is fucking beautiful that i'm able to wake up to that every day and it's Mm -hmm. like on a nice wall and it's next to like the iceberg Andy Warhol denim pants that are way too huge for me, but they're more like art. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I got like the Matrix action figure, and then two more paintings I did, and a Posh God piece, and then a watercolor piece of my boy Sammy that was done by Rachel, who is a local barista at The Source in Black Rock. So, shout out to her. They like put up art like at this cafe and um, there is these watercolors up and it was done by the barista Rachel that was there. So I asked her to commission a piece like in the beginning of the year. Uh, I forget who said this, but um, the guy that designed like the brawn stuff, B-R-A-U-N, the designer. But he was basically like, I'd rather um, refine stuff then make something new and that's kind of what Hermes does too they never say like we're a luxury brand they say that we're like um they make like refined pieces and that's kind of what I want to do too like once I have the body down that's like perfect to me and then yeah once I have all these silhouettes that are perfect to me like the jackets behind me I'm gonna like redo and make the mine you know uh-huh. are you gonna get away from graphics in general no because I'm really good at graphics it's gonna be like Dirtbag is the like graphics and everything like under a hundred, and then you have like the divine energy stuff, and that's more like the cut and sew. Okay, that's how I'm seeing it at least. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then I have like the girls stuff, and then I want to do like a baby line called Baby with B E B Y. Hmm. Um. But yeah, everything is just I don't know. I taking my time. Like I'm good at graphics. I have a bunch of. I'll show you the new graphics and stuff. Where where did uh, the Braille come from? The Braille has always been me and my friends. Like 2011, 2012. I just it was when like Supreme was doing like the Arabic and like people were doing like Hebrew uh-huh. fonts. I was like, I uh-huh. want my own type of thing that no one else is doing. Yeah, yeah. I didn't think anyone else was doing Braille. And then I'd never seen it. That's what I'm saying. So like being able to do that and then asking Jim if he had any like <laughs> ink to like like erase. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, and then it was kind of just more of like a design language type of thing that I could make my own. Like just having dots, like they're super simple. Yeah, so I'm going to make that into Braille, the text. So And then do puff. Dude, pen. these are good. You're telling me. So I had, to, <laughs> I had to pick six out of like 50 of those for this collection. And then I have like the next six already. Oh, you're not going to scrap these though, right? Nah. Oh, okay. So like okay. that one that you just pointed out is going with the next collection. Okay. So like the t-shirts that you ha- that are at the spot, uh-huh. we're just gonna keep printing. 
just Got black you. and white tees. Cool. So that's what's going to get me through the winter. And then for 2022, I'm going to do like the custom uh, t- like long sleeve t-shirts. And that's going to be a whole new collection. And then oh. drop the... I'm going to start doing pre-orders for all the cut and sew stuff so I can like find Yeah, them. yeah, you were saying that. That's a great idea. So like the leopard pieces that I've been like previewing, mm-hmm. I'm going to do that next. So like a full zip leopard, um, terry, terry, uh, French terry sweater, and then pants to match. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's coming next. And then I'm making a trench coat. And then I have these two nylon pants that are coming. Um, and then these two jackets, but yeah, bro, I'm cranking. I'm always cranking. I just want people to know that I'm the goat and like, there's like, did you like the people that tell me that you feel me? Yeah. When you, <laughs> and people don't know when you, uh, has to be, worked you with know. Kanye, did he kind of put that energy behind you too? kind of how the way Kanye is like, I'm it type shit yeah but that was the thing is like i'm it mm-hmm. like no one else could so good too. no one else can do what i do no one else has the eye no one can work as fast no one has the, like make stuff so artistic so quickly like i had bro sitting behind me while i was designing and he was like you're making things so like artful like i love that and then he wow you know i think he might have called me like a genius one time or two <laughs> and that was a big like big honor from him but also hearing it from my dad like hmm. you know and it's not like to gas me up it's like no 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 i i i, I hear what you're saying you're i just... think it's just like real shit and then having the conversations i've had with like tebe too about just like the art just people i respect yeah you know that's like, when it feels the best too yeah like it I just happens to be that the people you respect yeah, are just, yeah <laughs> at that level right at that level and because they're at that level that means that i'm at that level regardless of like where i'm at like and that's who i am because i'm just a normal i'm a i'm from connecticut yep. you would not expect that yeah kid with crohn's i don't even be like highlighting that i have crohn's until recently when i had to deal with all this shit mm-hmm um, we're not in some mansion somewhere nah like my mom was disabled we like basically lived off the disability for a couple of years you know and uh, i went to private school i went to public school sorta it was like homeschooled i was skipping school and going to new york got two older sisters regular regular i just have a passion and i really love what i do and i put the hours in and the hours like um led me to this life where i was able to like be at this level with certain people and have the respect of the people that matter mm-hmm. how did how did you and kanye Link. sync up because i know i remember jim showing me the photo of him in the academy right crazy and then so flash crazy. flash forward jim's telling me he's like oh phil's in fucking Singapore. I don't even remember where he said he was like Phillips looking over at a Yeezy factory and I was like, what is going on? You're telling me. Yeah, bro. I was like, um What was your question? I'm sorry. It's well, just how, how did he know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or just how did your relationship start, I guess, and so, then where to go? Yeah, I think so like uh, I guess go back to when Dover Street was selling my stuff, twenty fifteen. 20, like, because the academy, the first run of the academy pieces, I think were just the minimum. Um, mm. From um, for Dover Street, you to fill the order. It was not, the minimum. Not even just like printing the pieces. I think I did like twenty four pieces, mm. like pants and sweatshirts. Mm, they're expensive, yeah. So, and they didn't even have the reverse weave sweatpants yet. That was like another thing. Just if people like know, mm. people that printed back in the day. Mm. Um, so Dover Street probably ordered like three or four of the hoodies. Mm-hmm. So like out of those three and four, someone bought uh, one for Kanye. Wow, so then, random. Yeah, and then he just like- What looked, store, New York? Mm-hmm, I'm pretty sure. It was either that, I mean, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. And then from there, um, got in contact with his assistant at the time and asked if I could send a box over. So I sent a box and then like included like a handwritten note being like, um, I would love to work with you. Like, let me know if you have anything you need for me. Good for you to be 
forward. Yeah, for I'm sure. like confident with that, you know? Yeah. That's intimidating. Nah, that was like a goal of mine forever. Mm-hmm. Like I remember driving my boy home probably like 2014. Like I would always say it too that I wanted to work with Kanye, not for Kanye, with him. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I got that dream to come true. I worked with him. But um, when Yeezus came out, like that was my senior year of high school. Uh, all my friends went to the concert. I was like, no, nah, I'm going to go to the, like, the, the concert for free because I'm going to be able to work with him. Hmm. And this is me saying when I was 18, and that came true when I turned like 20, 21. Hmm. Um, but also, yeah, just like I remember before the whole Kanye stuff, um, before he wore it, I was driving my friend home being like, yeah, I'm going to work with him. And then like two weeks later, like he wore it. Just like weird stuff like that, but also like that happened. Who like, showed you when you first saw it? I was getting off the um, train with my girlfriend at the time. We like went to New York City, and someone texted me like "Congratulations" and like sent me a screenshot. I was like "Congratulations for what?" And uh, you think it was Photoshop. Everyone started texting me, being like "Congrats, congrats, congrats!" And then I saw the saw the post, and I was like, "Holy shit!" So when, after you with Blink with the assistant and like sent that letter. Oh, and then I sent the box. Uh, it was a big box and he like wore, he told me he wore like a bunch of pieces from it. Um, but the main piece that like stuck out to me was like this white mock neck, which was like my first cut and sew piece. Hmm. I made like this black and this white, well, it was black and tie dye. Uh, the braille? No braille. I had the connect here and embroidered and then a pocket. Oh, yep. Okay. It was like French terry. It was like oversized. So I had like one white, one white um, of those left that didn't get dyed. So he had like, the, like I wanted, I wanted him to get like some exclusive shit that no one could buy. Like, yeah, I yeah. I didn't care about sales. I'd rather have him wear some shit that yeah. like, <laughs> I made. You feel me? So I like, would have sent a huge box, right? Yeah, of course. Sent, it was like probably like two sizes of this. Box oh, that's a lot of clothes, yeah. Yeah, it was, but it was like the last piece I threw in, so mm-hmm. it was on top. Mm. So that was the piece he wore for like uh, Father's Day, and then right after that, he called me to like uh, just pick my brain. So like we were on a call probably for like forty minutes. Mm-hmm. He texted me being like, "Hey, this is Kanye," <laughs> and then he called me about like two hours later, and then um, yeah, he asked me to meet in like the Hamptons, and we met and. Yeah, like a week after that, he wanted me to fly out. But like that whole week before him, before him wanting me to fly out, I had to get my Barney's order out. So like the day before I flew, I had to get like eight boxes like picked up by UPS. UPS came through and then there was like one box that they forgot to pick up. So then I had to like, like... Did you drive it or... Nah, luckily the dude like turned around when I mm. figured out and like I waved him. I was like, bro, 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 like please get this box before you did. So everything was Gucci. But it was just like crazy doing like the whole Barney stuff and then working with Kanye and then waiting for uh, Barney's Beverly Hills to get it. Mm. And then I have like homies in LA, Beverly Hills or whatever, like go there and like take photos for me while I was working on season four. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So when you actually were working with him and you were like art director, mm-hmm. uh, what was your role like? Um, I don't even know if I can say, to be honest, because of the NDA, but um, oh. <laughs> I was an art director. At we'll UC, say whatever you can say, I guess. Uh, working with Adidas on a collection. And I had like, um, I was able to have a few friends come work with me, but I was so like, cool. I also wondered that too, if you were just dolo always. I should have done a dolo looking back, but I'm glad okay. that I had the experience with my friends because I learned a lot. I would not have learned what I learned. Mm. But um, I had a lot of uh, imposter syndrome during that whole time. What does that mean again? Um, thinking you didn't belong, like you're being an imposter. Just because of the, like, where you were at, like, Calabasas. I didn't really, yeah, I didn't really believe in myself all too much. Like, I didn't, I didn't, I never was able to reflect to see where I was in the universe until recently. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. A little divine intervention. Yeah, I didn't really recognize how people perceived me and, like, put me on a pedestal and stuff. I mean, if people do that, I don't know. I think people do to some degree for, like, what I've done. Put you on a pedestal? Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I think once people have certain accolades, like working with one of the 
arguably best designers of our generation, then yeah, like yeah. So I didn't have all that perception of me. Mm-hmm. But even before that, like being like a like a local kid doing what I do too. Mm-hmm. It's just cool that I was. I don't know. I don't want to say I pioneered this kind of, like what everyone's kind of doing now, but I sort of did. Like being young, having a brand, and like making clothes. Like a lot of people were doing what I was doing a couple of years ago, but like never at the. I don't know. It's just like no one was really. Not too many people were doing what what me and Kobe and like my group of friends were doing、mm. at the time. Kobe, I'm.、Mm, brand with no name.、Mm-hmm. I remember、brand、that one. Yep. Death positioning. Yep. But even that was like supernatural, and I met him through Tyler. Being on like Facebook,、mm. like Kobe knew about Tyler before me, but we just both had brands and we both liked what each other was doing, even though it was so different. Yeah, yeah.、Mm-hmm. And we just became like best friends. Like anytime I went to New York, he was in New York, and we just like linked up. Did you have a relationship with Kumasi too? That was through Odd Future too, just being like having mutual respect for the Freed Minds and what he was doing.、Mm-hmm. And then when he opened the Good Company, he wanted some pieces, and then that was just like another natural relationship. Anytime I went to New York, I would go to the Good Company first. Yeah,、and、my yeah. sister lived on Delancey at the time too. Okay. So I was on、um, uh, Delancey and Bowery. So like right there. Does right. that make sense? Delancey and Bowery. I think so. Yeah. Bowery's down, and then Delancey's across. Uh, so that was only a couple blocks away from Good Company. So I would spend, like chill on the couch, and then, or I would sleep on the couch, go to Good Company for the day, go back to my sister's type stuff.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good. That's like a downtown meetup because、yeah. I, I would when I talked to you know obviously Esty and 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 Mel like about that stuff. It's like they were like, yeah, you just that was like. Like if you weren't like the supreme kids or like some, you know, like you could、yeah. actually like have a hub to be at downtown. I mean, it was like right after Soho became lame, <laughs> is when the Good Co opened up and kind of made the Lower East Side like popping.、Mm-hmm. Like I feel like the Lower East Side was always cool with like probably like、um, a New York thing like Aeron and all that,、mm-hmm. like that downtown culture like off broad、um, off Bowery. And、uh, Iraq and all that stuff because I was going to、um, A Life before I would go to the Good Company. Okay. Like when A Life was popping, like、yep. when they had, were having those like sessions, the, they had like King Cruel there once. They had like a bunch of different artists like perform in the back,、mm. and I was cool with、um, Leaks, and then I was cool with pretty much everyone that was at A Life because I was going there so much. You just like. I don't know. You just show face, but yeah, that was like、yeah. the hangout spot that I would go to before the Good Company like opened up. Yeah, and I remember I was with Kobe and、uh, Travis Taco、mm-hmm. um, before the Good Company opened up, and we were just like hanging out there. Taco was in town for something, but that was the first day I met Kanye. When like the one of the first days the Good Co was kind of like opening up, Taco was talking to Virgil. I met Virgil that day, but like. Later in the day, Taco was like, "We're about to like go to the Mercer and meet Ye. Like he's there with Virgil X, Y, and Z, and that was crazy. Because <laughs>、mm-hmm. it was like right, and like Pharrell was in the lobby, like Kanye, Pharrell, Virgil, all sitting at that table, and then it was like me and Kobe, like just chilling, right? Just so surreal, right? But I think Jim was there that night. He saw me with like Travis and Kobe, like trying to get into the skate premiere. Jim, who? Really? Yeah, like he was in New York for the skate premiere, and he saw me in line or something, and he was like, was "Damn, that you that's crazy that Jim used to step out." Two thousand twelve, twenty twelve. Um, but yeah, just like small, crazy. Small that is so world, crazy. Like, yeah, before everything kind of changed. Yeah. Um. Goddamn. But yeah, just like. Yeah, funny stuff like that, like getting into One Oak, like underage during that time too,、mm. and then like going and like staying with Travis in his hotel, waking up, drinking champagne, like just having like just being a kid in the city.、Mm-hmm. Just like funny though, just like yeah, those memories、mm-hmm. stick with me. Yeah, I mean they shadow and shit. They fucking should. How、uh, is it hard to like after working? You know, with like certain people, and like especially some of someone of like Kanye's status, like after working with him,、mm. 
Is it hard to like compartmentalize like that time? I mean, yeah, I kind of told you I was like always on the run. I was like always like not on the run, like escaping stuff, but like constantly working. Like after the Kanye stuff, um, let's go for 2019. Like after I did the whole Kanye stint, I like was home for a week or two, and then I went to Japan. And and I was like constantly like trying like getting ready for the Japan trip, like shipping stuff off and hmm. shipping orders out every day, going to the store, all that stuff, and then coming home and then just like being burnt out and like not stopping. But also, yeah, I feel like I developed some sort of ego like after that and like having something to prove, just because mm-hmm. like I got fired from the job and like I never. As an artist, you want to see your stuff like come into fruition, even like when you're working on it. So it's like, um, I always want to see stuff through. So that was like frustrating with the Yeezy line. Yeah, just because I want to see stuff like that I make like come about. So I feel like I kind of took that into my own hands and wasn't really making the stuff I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also like having a team when I didn't really need a team was like another thing like that was just like another ego thing for me or like mm-hmm. figuring it out mm-hmm. but um yeah all that stuff needed to happen to get to the point where I'm at and like have the realization that I just have to continue doing what I'm doing and like the right people will come into my life 100% like, I, I'd rather have pe- like I'd rather seek people versus people seek me and a lot of people were seeking me if that makes sense mm-hmm um yeah i don't know my i just want my circle to be like pre pre 2016 again (laughs) like have a really tight circle like have people like it because of the clothes i'm making not for like who's wearing it and stuff Mm. and also um i think just having like genuine interest in the brand do you feel like you have to vet people yeah yeah i mean like how i said like some people put me on a pedestal, I feel like, or, like, see me differently because of what I've done. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to be around, uh, like, I made, I, <laughs> I made too many fans friends over the years, and that's something I learned I didn't like. The majority of people that I'm friends with, I don't think could, like, could care less if I make clothes. Hmm. Like, they were never really fans of what I did until, like, after the fact we became friends, and that's something I, like, appreciate more. Yeah, I think. Um, but yeah, I just like I don't like people that feel entitled, and like a lot of entitlement has come out from people mm-hmm. as of late, which is annoying. <laughs> but hey, you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes, and mm-hmm. just fall back and see how people reveal themselves. Because mm-hmm. I'm cooler. I'm cool like a cucumber. Cool as a cucumber. Cooler than a cooler big shout out to my jeweler i've got keith cozart i've like i feel like i've definitely i mean my friends that like know me well know that i really i'm really into the idea of like the law of attraction you know and Mm -hmm. like the way the universe can manifest certain things Mm -hmm. so the way you said you know like that seeking of each other when it turns out to be this natural relationship i think it does happen you just have to like you just gotta put the work in and not think about it mm-hmm. i like it's mm-hmm. for sure it's a beautiful thing that people like um seek me out or like want to talk to me or like get my perspective or my point of view because my point of view does mean something at this point now and that's like something i had to like um um digest Mm-hmm. that people like care about my point of view mm-hmm. um i don't know where i was going with that <laughs> but yeah i feel like a lot of people don't have point of views or like or know what they like or like are comfortable saying with what they like yeah i see what um, you're saying mm-hmm. so yeah like i feel like me and you with this interview per se like um Like, you low-key were a a very integral part of me getting my job at Antilogy. But five years have passed. Yeah. You know? For sure. And so, for me, that's what I mean about that manifesting, where it's like, things come together if they're 
meant to if you're kind of on yeah, a wavelength. Is, time takes time. Mm-hmm. And if we all have patience and like put the hours in and like the work and like trying to better ourselves, um, everything will happen that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. But it's cool like that I gave you that alley-oop because like I've done that for a lot of people and they put the work in and are like in a better place in their life. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like that's just something you do because when it happened, it didn't feel unnatural. Yeah, like, um, I got mad his, like, internship at, um, Knickerbocker. Hmm. Do you know Knickerbocker in I, Brooklyn? I, they were, like, a manufacturer-type spot, but, yep. like, an also a clothing brand. Yep. Uh, Matt learned how to chain stitch there. Matt Burgess goes by Dudu Kaka on uh, Instagram. He does a lot of, like, chain stitch art. But, um, I remember he, like, wrote me a note and he was going to school for nursing and he was like this is not what i want to do mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. if you have any like i want to be an artist like if you have any advice like let me know and now he's like selling his artwork his chain stitch work that yeah. like going for a couple thousand like metro boom metro Boomin just posted a photo of one of the pieces with um that he worked on at his crib wow so like he like has some collectors and like it's it's cool that I was able to like give him the alley-oop, but he put the work in to get to where he's at. Yeah. And that's all I've ever wanted to do. Like, I'm never going to like be someone's dad and like, you know, <laughs> let them cross the street holding their hand, but I'm going to be like, all right, like this is over there if you want it. Yeah. Like shit. you just got to put the work mm-hmm. in and like things mm-hmm. will work out. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, yeah, I feel like the past couple of years, people have wanted me to, um, people didn't want to put the hours in or like want to skip steps to like be in the position I'm at I guess or like use me for like the time I've spent or use me for like, yeah. who I am I wanted to ask you about um, if you could speak on like orchestrating the New York Fashion Week runway you did because that was really fucking awesome and mm. quite high production too yeah, someone, um, Scroll Billy had the opportunity to have, um, three, like, three brands to, like, do the, the fashion show. She got asked, um, but I had, like, I feel like I was just, like, preparing for it before I got asked to do it. Hmm. So, like, timing... Yeah, you had a lot of pieces. It was very serendipitous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was like all the uh, samples that I've got over the years that I use. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like the casting was like basically all my friends. I had like an open casting where I used like some new people. Mm-hmm. The majority of people were from Connecticut except for I think a couple girls. Okay. Um, but yeah, I feel like that's sh- the first show was like probably the best runway I did. All of them were like good in different ways, but that one felt like the most. Um, was that the one with the big projection? Mm-hmm, the video I made. Oh, was, it was really good. Bro, yeah. That um, like. Yeah, I'm just like super proud of all those, all the fits, all the the music that went with it, and then also the video that was playing behind it. Mm-hmm. That show like felt really good. Mm-hmm. like overall mm-hmm. and like something I can like look back on and like be very proud of yeah pretty big turnout yeah it looks I mean, sick yeah like I closed the show I was like the last mm. last people to go up I guess have you seen that one video of the dude felt like I don't know if the dude the is coming what is it he like did his own recap type of thing I don't know but he's like fits to come out and he's like you're shitting me <laughs> he's like it's so good have, have you seen that video nah. I don't think so. Maybe. Go on YouTube on your on your own time. The video's yeah. mad short, but he's like oh, feeling that. He's like screaming. Feeling that. So then, after the New York show, you did like a runway where the store is. Um, was there a reason behind why you decided to do another runway? I really wanted to do a runway inside the mall where my shop is in mm-hmm. Bridgeport. Mm. Uh, the arcade mall it's like a very historic mall one of the first concepts for a mall i guess in america like all these arcade malls 
Um, but the space is really beautiful and I really wanted to showcase the space. I did the show at the mall kind of more for like community. Yeah, it, it like, seemed like fun, like um, yeah. a family friend sort of mm -hmm. like feel. So that was like kind of the vibe. Like I was like trying to just do more stuff when I had a like quote unquote team of like trying to do more community stuff. So I did like the sound waves of like having a music, like a artist come and like perform. Like, hmm. like I had Izzy and then Sammy and then Remy and then Cyrax. I was just really naive and really burnt out um, after 2018. After that first runway, I should have like chilled out, but instead I like kept trying to outdo myself and trying to like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You almost said that the, like after the Yeezy thing, like... Same yeah. thing with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, that is what it was. But it was like on a lesser note, like I still had energy, but like mm -hmm. continuing to do it and do it and do it and do it. Mm -hmm. Well, definitely like, I don't know. Everything was a learning experience. I was like really, all those experiences were like for the first time and I didn't know how to react. So I did my best. That's all you can really do. Yeah. With the way you, you've been going, um, you know, with just like a lot of like, director type role i mean obviously you are dirtbag mm. but do you see yourself doing that for a big company i would love to like uh i think art direct for a bigger company like old navy or uniqlo or um for old navy like target hmm. target yeah just like a really big brand that has influence over how people shop and like what people wear and like what people Oh, I see what you're saying. Their mm, more overarching. Yeah. Like, make it easier for people to dress, make it easier for people to just buy cool stuff. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I've heard you speak on affordability. Affordability, but also, mm -hmm. like, you can really, I learned you can really only do that when you have the scale so crazy. When you're able to like, Kanye scale, talked a fuck ton about that. When yeah. you're able to scale up crazy. For sure. Because I'm not able to do that now, obviously, because everything I'm making and with my disability of like having the ostomy bag and like still getting over the surgery, mm -hmm. my I have to do a lot more limited pieces. Like mm -hmm. I think I'm only making like thirty pieces per style. So my price obviously is going to like reflect that. I was going to ask you where you saw Dirtbag in five to ten years, but I think that that's quite grand scale. Perhaps yeah. I would like to ask you, where do you where do you see Dirtbag in the next like six months to a year? Mm -hmm. I can do that. Mm -hmm. um, since I'm like not able to work, like not go to my shop and like be open and like have people come in and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I've scaled back a whole bunch just for me in general because i'm the only one person like doing everything now which i like i enjoy doing it um able to take the responsibilities able to just like hone in on what i'm good at and i'm good at making graphics and i'm good at like making clothes in general and then like i'm making music with the idea that they could be songs for like visuals and then i also mm. want to start shooting photos again because i have i'm trying to make a photo book now and i'm going through all my archive of like 20 from 2010 till now and it's like a lot of photos like i'm up to like selected photos like 450 just from 2011 to 2016 mm -hmm. and i have 2017 2018 and 2019 to go mm -hmm. with photos mm -hmm. so it's gonna be maybe it's like a collection of books maybe it's like three different volumes of books and like breaking it up in years volumes but, would be cool yeah something like mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. just so it's i don't know like maybe i'll make the one big coffee table book for myself and the rest are like whatever um so with that being said the time that i've had to be with myself has been like designing like cut and sew samples mm -hmm. so i'm getting all the samples made this year trying to get them this year and then doing pre-orders for 2022 so i'll be able to like um have like a full line of like custom pieces like not no blanks or anything anymore and just like again showing people that i'm on a different 
pedigree than the other brands and I'm doing it like my way and the right way that feels good to me. Like want to start making stuff in PFD or like in like a natural color. So then I'm able to do like organic dye, like natural dye pieces and like make those like limited runs and stuff. But yeah, then I want to have like the logo tees that are always in stock that are always like available for people that just want to like represent the brand mm-hmm. and maybe make those like a lower tier. Mm-hmm. Like stuff that anyone could like twenty eight dollar tees, thirty dollar tees, something like that. Right. Younger people, yeah, yeah, doing mind. like yeah, and then just like I just want to have fun and get to the check. So whatever is fun to me and getting to the check, then I'll do. But like bringing back the academy pieces for the people that like missed out on those, but also like ex- expanding on that and doing like practice jerseys. Like I really want to do a practice jersey because I love the cut of those, and then just refining, refining all the patterns that I got till it's like the best that they can be and like we're doing them in different fabrics and like seeing how those drape and um figuring out the um, figuring out how to like decorate those pieces and like not over decorating the cut and sew pieces but still like making them dirt bag and then doing more graphic pieces and then just having more fun making like shirts yeah um Again, I, I think it's, like, a cool thing to be a designer right now, especially, like, I feel like I'm in a good position in terms of, like, the people that I reach and, like, the people that know about the brand and, like, my capabilities. And, like, um, everything's been organic and, like, natural and slow and, like, uh, you can't buy what I do and you can't replicate what I do and you can't duplicate what I do because you would need to be me. Yeah, it's like this brand really saved my life. I don't know what I would have done without Dirtbag.